0: <laughs> yeah, oh, guys, what's go- up, bro? Keep going as long as you can. <laughs>
1: oh, so killer! <laughs> uh, did you skip math? Of course, bro. I'm homeschooled. <laughs> Classic spit or <laughs> spitball. David yes, Lee Scales, Scott Bass, and it is a Tuesday, February nineteenth, the day after President's Day. And welcome,
0: David Lee Scales. Thank you very kindly, Scott Bass. Great to see you once again. You're all bundled up, looking cozy this morning. It's cold. It is a little chilly. surprised you're not in your neat essentials puffy. I've got it right here. Right. Taking a break. Got overheated on the drive. Right. So, dude. Yeah. Hot Tesla talk. What did you want to tell
1: me? Oh, I was just, you know, as we sit here at the shack parking lot recording another episode, I was thinking to myself, and then I said out loud, David, you need a Tesla, dude. I could see you in a Tesla because you've kind of got this, like, millennial vibe. You've kind of got this. Um, you're, if there was a Silicon Valley in Huntington Beach, you would be the guy who lived there.
0: <laughs> you know There's one in Venice. <laughs> there it's, kind of is. Silicon like, Beach is what I they can call it. see
1: you, like, living in Venice. That's crazy. Next to Venice adjacent the inertia yeah exactly so I'm mildly insulted but carry on but anyway I could see you in a Tesla I could see driving one of those cool Teslas and so I randomly was walking through a mall last week and I came upon a Tesla store much like an Apple store it's very wide open a lot of open space a lot of incredible graphics and fonts and just very very Silicon Valley ish there is such a just mod totally mod clean Uh, you know and they had three cars and you walk into the tesla store have you ever been to one no so you walk in and there's a greeter and he's like hi welcome to the tesla store what can i help you with just like you'd be at apple you know what i mean like in an apple store and i'm like "Uh, i'm just looking around you know (laughs) yeah like i was like paranoid that i was gonna get the normal car dealership trip you know which is the worst it's the worst because i've been dealing with that too by the way oh have you but anyway um they uh the guy just like takes you to a seat, sits you down and goes, "You know, let's let's build you up a car for the fun of it," you know? And anyway, I could see you in one of those Teslas. I would like to get one, frankly. They're pretty rad. And I think the cheaper one, the C-Class or something, is like after rebates and all that, it's like 42 grand or something like that. That's shockingly reasonable. I think it's, like, 56, but then they con you into all of these, right. like, tax write-offs that you're going to get, maybe, yeah, but you
0: yeah. never really see them. But or you have to actually follow through to get it, Right, exactly. But, I mean, 40... Am I still, am I still going here? You're still on. Okay. Um, 40-something thousand. Sounds like a lot of money, but go look at new cars nowadays. Everything's 40 thousand. Like, it, cars are expensive. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you want to buy something brand new, Shoot obviously. the Tesla. There's no,
1: there's no fuel, right? It's all batteries. The entire thing battery. Yeah. So you just plug in. Awesome. I thought you were the expert. Why are you asking me? Well, I'm just borderline I'm like yeah. like everything on this show. I just know <laughs> like sort of top level stuff. I never get too deep into it is,
0: research. There's no uh, gas. But have you seen that dude? There's a guy who has a YouTube channel who rebuilds Teslas. Like he'll he'll get Tesla he knows how to build a Tesla from the ground up, all the computer components and everything. So he'll go get one salvage for nothing. And then he'll rebuild it himself, and all in, he'll be 10000 bucks into this thing. And it looks, it operates like new, basically. Oh, good for him. And Tesla doesn't support him, and they don't no, they get don't. behind it at all, because obviously, for yeah. a lot of reasons. But it's fascinating that he's been able to do it on his own, you know. Yeah, that is cool. And then he'll just resell it for fifteen or twenty grand or whatever. Good for him. I know. People are smart. I don't know if that's the way I would go. I
1: would want to buy, I want the full Tesla experience, you know, like.
0: Yeah, it's part of it. You know what I mean? I don't like buying new cars, though. I always buy like two or three years old. How about one year old? Is that a good? That's way? fine too. That's also. That's a great what I'm going way. through right now. Yeah. What are you going to get? Can you say? Well, my lease is up on my truck, so I was
1: looking at getting another Ford truck. Oh, know? okay. I thought that thing was brand new. It's weird. It's 2016. Been... Oh wow. It feels brand new. It's a killer it, truck. It, yeah, it is. So I was looking at getting into like a 2018 or a 2019, and of course I saw this advertisement for $300 a month for a 2018, and I'm like, oh, that's me, and then after I left the place it ended up my payment was like four ninety or something. I'm like, What? Yeah.
0: What hey, happened to
1: three ninety two ninety nine? That's the way it always works. I know. The old bait and switch. So for the first time in my life, I walked away from a deal. I'm like, you know what? Good. I'm gonna pass. Good. And I walked away from a President's Day deal. And the guys like, I've never seen this many rebates on an F150. And it was actually a really good price, but I just it wasn't the number I was looking for. I didn't want that monthly
0: number. I wanted less. Yeah. You know, stick to your number. Yeah. Here's what I did when I bought this car. Yes. It was like three or four years ago. I wasn't in a rush. I knew what I wanted, and I was going to buy two year, two or three years old, whatever it was. Limited, I wanted a limited number of miles. I wanted a certain price. I wanted a certain color, make and model. And I just waited it out. And with the internet, you can do that now. And I told all the local dealerships, you know, who own multiple dealerships across whatever, the country, just said, hey, this is the car I want. If it comes into inventory somewhere around in your, you know, sphere of influence, let me know. And it ended up coming available three months into my search in Phoenix, Arizona. But I bought a plane, one-way plane ticket out there bought it in like 30 minutes because we had already done the deal over the phone and over the internet and did the deal in 30 minutes, drove the car home. I was home. It was like a six hour ordeal in terms of flying out there, doing the paperwork and getting home. It's I was home within six hours. fun driving home, right? You get to drive Super your, new, fun. your new car and you get yeah. to feel it all. But it was just, I'm here's my number. Take it or leave it, and then you get all these different dealerships vying against each other to get you what you want. But if you're in a hu- in a hurry, I'm no, I'm in no hurry. Yeah, exactly. I got, three, I have three months left on my lease payments. There you go. That was part of my problem. I was
1: negative equity on my lease payments. I'm like, man, just if I'm going to have to pay this, I'll just wait.
0: Might as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well. There's uh, valuable information for any listeners right now oh, <laughs> who are looking way, to buy a car. This show is <laughs> called Spit, and we do surf talk. I would love to get a Tesla, though, dude. I mean, like, I could see you. I don't know that it's even in... I don't need a car, and so I haven't even thought about what that next move would be. But when the time comes... The chop hop is begging for I'd a Tesla. It. I can see it. It's yeah. just like, it needs a Tesla, the chop hop. Well, the he- I need that extra headroom, you know, well, for the chop hop. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Does it have a moonroof? It, we'll get you one. Let the chop-hop fly. chop off roof, we'll call it. Well, I might. Sometimes I get in the car with a wet chop-hop, and I need it to dry off, so that's where the moon roof comes in handy. Just wet open it up. Yeah. That sounds blasphemous in Does some it? way. Yeah. No, it's not.
1: <laughs> well, David, yes. I've got a pretty
0: hot take from a listener I want to read. Great. Why do I feel like I'm going to be the villain? You're not. No, I know you sounds... never read the ones that <laughs> vilify you. Ugh. This is
1: from one of our listeners, David. He says, I've got something I think is going to be an unpopular take. Why is there a GoFundMe page for any surfer who ever experiences trouble? Every day while flipping through social media, there's more posts about some ripper who's been injured and they need help from all of us. I'm not wishing hardship on anybody, but I can't be the only one irked by this. Get screwed over at Pipeline? Better get that GoFundMe money to pay for a recovery than use some of your own money to get out the cloud break or a day at the surf ranch, which would run me, by the way, fifty thousand. I don't know why I'm surprised, but surfers are the worst. And that's from a listener. P R N. I'm not even gonna. No no, 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 I don't know if don't, he wants me to. Don't put me. him on blast. Huh. Um, what's it's your a, take? It's a great take. I've and he's not the only one I've heard this from. Yeah. And I often see this like. Why do you need a GoFundMe page? Like you know, yeah. like because my favorite burritos.
0: No, it's never a burrito.
1: It's never a burrito-related GoFundMe. Wait, I mean, the so what's your is, thought though? My thought is, is it's a good take, and I and you know, it's kind of like, I mean, I guess the old salty. You know, patriarch in me wants to say, "Hey, get injured, deal with it." You know, like I'm not here to help you. You know, help yourself. You know, don't do it if you can't handle the consequences, kind of thing. But that's 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 one side of how I see it. I don't fully see it that way. I also get it that there's people that do need help. Yeah. The problem is you don't know which is which.
0: That's a good point.
1: And that's where it's like, so I end up. I I have no problem being, you know, helping out. Like yeah. I, I don't. But but I do at some point kind of get like okay, why is there a GoFundMe page so this guy's daughter can paint her, like, lemonade stand a
0: certain color of red or whatever? You know, you're like, really? Yeah, so I don't think this is limited to the surf world. No. He's saying that surfers do it, and it's like, yeah, but not at a higher rate than the general public. I do think it's a little bit of a blight. I do think that um, it's an indictment of the our healthcare system, too, though. You know, like, a lot of hardworking people don't have proper health care and then even if you do have insurance you still pay out of pocket a tremendous amount of money and it's all overpriced anyways i mean my my buddy keeps an invoice on his refrigerator from a surgery he had eight years ago because it's laughable the itemization of it you know it's like a half half a million or a quarter of a million dollar invoice that thankfully was covered by insurance but it's like tylenol thirteen dollars a piece you know, just ridiculously expensive. So it's understandable that people who are hardworking, covered people still end up in these financial binds. And that's where we kind of need to rally together as a community because it takes a village. I'm going with a lot of cliches today. Wow, you are. Um, so I think that that's part of it. The other detail, though, that is surf specific is that the industry isn't really fortified that well. It's not fortified for the long haul. There's a lot of undercapitalized businesses that don't pay photographers well enough. They don't pay the filmers well enough. And so those people are really just living out their passion project and then find themselves in these binds because inevitably something goes wrong, especially when you're traveling the world, and the brands that might be sending them there or just kind of helping underwrite the trip, aren't in a position to take care of them that way, you know, like a major corporation would. So I think the industry's to blame. I think the healthcare system's to blame. You bring up a good point, which is there are certain people that do
1: need help. The problem is, is there's a lot of people that don't need help that use this as a method. And I that's where we get into problems because now... It's kind of like the person that's crying wolf or whatever. It's like, I want to help the person that does need the help, but I can't differentiate between the two. And the person that doesn't need the help is actually really hurting the people that do need the help. Always. By throwing it out there that they need money when they probably don't.
0: Right. Yeah, I totally agree. It is annoying, though, when you see those things pop up that you have to go through this vetting process now. Because it used to just, you could just uh, be sympathetic towards people's plight and now it's like no, no, no I gotta vet out which ones I feel sympathy for and which ones I don't it is pretty annoying it's annoying it's annoying it's wrong yeah, jeez Pat O'Connell is the new senior vice president of tours and tours and what? something tours and something else I forget what they called it Dick Metz just pulled in formerly yeah Surfing Heritage and Culture Center we're waiting for the studio to open the Patriarch Um, but yeah, basically, it's the new job title for the commissioner of the tour.
1: What are your thoughts on Pat O'Connell taking Kieran Pero's
0: position? Um, more Pat, the better in my life. If I get to see Pat O'Connell's face every morning at the beginning of the thing, at the beginning of the contest, I am psyched. I think... You know, what are the qualifications for such a job? It's kind of hard to define. Can anybody do it better than Kieran did it? I don't know. Probably not. It seems by everybody's account that Kieran did a killer job. Um, Pat, I think, is as well qualified as Kieran in terms of, like, world tour background and certainly in terms of being on different sides of the industry. But he's freaking so likable, too. Like, I, I think he'll be an upgrade in terms of just, like... Gregariousness and fun to be around, you know? Yeah, the one question I have is that
1: it seems like, and I could be wrong, but the commissioner generally in most sports is sort of a liaison between the league and the athletes. Okay. And he bridges that gap. And he's supposed to have a finger in both pots and supposed to have the concern of the athletes and bring the concerns of the athletes to the league and the league has its policies and the league takes the commissioner and uses the commissioner to explain the policies to the athletes and because this was and it seemed that way with kieran it seemed like kieran was like a surfer surfer and he was more athlete than he was wsl completely and and i feel like we're moving a little bit more to the other side i feel like the power has shifted to the wsl if in fact There is a need for a liaison between the athletes and the WSL. It seems like this is a hire by the WSL. It's a great hire. I agree with you. I love Pat O'Connell. I think he's fabulous. I I don't think there's anything wrong with this. If I was to micromanage it or, or sort of just be hypersensitive, I would be concerned with perhaps down the road... I'm wondering if the athletes are going to get as much representation with Pat as they did with Kieran. That's my only thought on it. But other than that, more power to both sides here, Pat and the WSL. I think it's great. But you didn't, you you noticed there wasn't a quote from any of the athletes in this. There wasn't like... You know, even somebody that's super pro WSL like Steph Gilmore or whatever, going, "Hey, we're super stoked to have Pat." And maybe there was, maybe I didn't read through the press release thoroughly, which could certainly be the case. But you know what I mean? Like, it. Do, yeah. Do, but I mean, you does would, that you and I ding could've...
0: a bell with no, you at all? No, not at all. Okay. I mean, just because you and I and people we know didn't reach out to athletes to get their comment on it, I don't think that that. No, an I mean, the, in anything. the WSL's press release, you, yeah, you yeah, would have but...
1: thought they would have said, "Hey." Maybe. Here's an athlete's take on Pat being the guy.
0: Um, And maybe there was, because I know there was some takes. I guess what my question to you is, why do you feel like this is a move more towards, you know, less athlete, more surfer? I mean, I'm sorry, less athlete, more WSL kind of. Because it was a WSL press release. It was a WSL hire. No, I thought you were saying that was in reference to Pat O'Connell and his role in the company. Like, if his role is... To represent 50% athlete, 50% WSL interest. This is a shift more towards the WSL interest. Why do you feel that Pat fits that bill? Like, I feel like Pat is equally as much surfer interested as Kieran, if not more even.
1: It doesn't matter who it is. It's more that that this... Changing of the roles title. Oh, this um okay. this hire was from the W it doesn't matter if it was Pat or you or well, me Well, the always job. is the
0: one who does the hiring.
1: Well I agree, but it's you know it's the it's the fact that they changed the title. There's no more commissioner. Yeah. Like that in itself kind of I'm like really? Okay, they changed it to something else. Senior vice president of tours and whatever it is. And then they kind of in quotes or in parentheses said this is basically the commissioner's role. We've just changed the title. Right. But the fact that there's no more commissioner... Head I don't know. Of tour- I, again, uh, okay. maybe I'm just being SVP hyper. Of- we don't know how it's going to play out. I'm not here to bash anyone. I'm just saying, let's keep an eye on how the athletes are
0: represented on tour. Yeah. I think Pat's the perfect person to do what you're saying. Like, the change of the title... I, don't, I think it actually broadens. Have you been getting new Hurley no, suits or something? No. no, no, no. no. Um, <laughs> the, the title change, I feel like, only broadens and actually specifies his focus. Like, Commissioner, what does that even mean? That's kind of a nebulous title. But Senior Vice President of Tours and Head of Competition lets me, as the viewer, know exactly what he's in charge of. Commissioner is just... He could be anything, you know, Don't um, you know, the commissioner from Batman, you know, the commission. commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, of course.
1: I mean, the commissioner. But what did he do? Tell me right now what his job was. He was a liaison between
0: the police department and the public. So this. OK, so you're right. Maybe this title, senior vice president of tour and head of competition doesn't actually reference any representation of the athletes. Exactly. So maybe if the role. I mean, think did about the title it. change or did the role change?
1: both that's what i'm saying hmm. i just feel like and i don't think the athletes have ever been up underrepresented if anything the wsl has gone the other way and been really good about representing the needs of the athletes yeah but it's quite clear who has the power in this situation like if you were to look at other leagues like the nfl well there's a players association that has a ton of power and they have to basically you know there's a collective bargaining agreement and they Basically, put their needs on the table, and the owners put their needs on the table. And through mediators, they hash out their differences so that the owner, the athletes can get pensions and blah, 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 and all their needs taken care of. And the WSL or the uh, NFL or whoever it is can make sure that their policies are implemented by their athletes and that they don't overstep their bounds and that there's drug policies and all of these things, right? That's and the commissioners in the middle, Mm -hmm. generally, however. I will say, just as in this case, the commissioner is always hired by the league, and, there, and it's generally felt that the commissioner generally does the league's bidding, Yeah, and that's why they do need mediators in these
0: things. Well, it seems like they're two different jobs. Like the senior vice president of tours and head of competition, the person who's kind of making the on-site calls for things, maybe that's not the person who should be representing the athletes. Yeah, but, I mean, they do decide if we run I mean, today or not, which the athletes want to have some sort of say in.
1: Probably a lot of say, but
0: in terms of representing the athlete's best interests, I don't know if that's even ever was the commissioner's job. I don't know if that no, was no, KP's I agree. Job.
1: I, I, yeah, maybe Cuz was had right.
0: a surfer's rep, like Ace Bucken was the surfer's right, rep the right, last couple of right, years. Right, right. It's an interesting move though for Pat O'Connell. I mean, when you think about his legacy at Hurley and just how great that team is. You know, not not just the surf team, but the internal team and everything. It's like leaving a family, dude. That's got to be a super t- difficult decision. And I don't even
1: think he's leaving. I mean, those guys are all going to be close and tight and near him. And you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's moving to France to take this role or anything. Yeah, that's true. He's going to be close to all those. He'll see those guys at the beach every day. And, okay. You know.
0: that's That's a good point. The one thing I do like, though, is... We talk about there not being enough salt water in the office at certain corporations and places. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love having Pat in the office at the WSL. Like, that I really feels like it is our brethren yes. who's out there who's going to be fighting for the right decisions to be made. Absolutely. You know, fighting for not calling off the Margaret River event.
1: Pat O'Connell's a great hire. There's yeah. You cannot argue. I'm, I mean, it's a no-brainer killer hire. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you, you almost feel like, wow, it's too bad for Hurley. They lost Pat because Pat did such a great job there. Now, of course,
0: Hurley's got a bunch of great guys in position to do all of that stuff, you know. And I think Hurley's general overall goal is we need to ensure that surfing is um, improved for posterity, that the tour is improved for posterity and all that sort of stuff. And so kind of letting one of our own go over there to help fortify that thing, I think is a long Long-sighted move, you know? Yeah. Is long-sighted the right word?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is now. Another new word brought to you by spit. We should have a sound drop.
0: (laughs) Hey,
1: I got a funny Pat O'Connell story. I think I've told you this before, but when I first started doing internet radio, before it was called podcasting, we brought Pat O'Connell in to to pick Fantasy Surfer. This is like right in the beginning. 2005,
0: right?
1: Yeah, it was 2005 or 2006.
0: Surfer Magazine days. Yes,
1: Surfer Magazine
0: we brought Pat O'Connell
1: in, I brought Pat O'Connell in to to pick his fantasy surfer team. And we did it by, have I told you this? No. We did it by, we had these like red beer cups set up with each surfer's face attached to a beer cup. And we had ping pong balls and you had to stand back and you picked your team by throwing the ball into the cup, right? And we brought in two Playboy Playmates just like dressed to the nines, smoking hot Playboy Playmates. And we brought in a monkey. (laughs) So we had a small... This is not for real. Absolutely. We had a small little monkey. (laughs) This is all my brain working here. We had a small little monkey, two smoking hot Playboy Playmates who didn't even know what surfing was, and Pat O'Connell. And the thing was, everyone picks a team by throwing ping pong balls into the cups. And we're going to see... Which team, or no, maybe we had Pat pick his team legitimately. And then we had the the monkey could be, yeah, we had the monkey and the girls throw ping pong balls into the cups to pick their team. And then we'd see throughout the year whose team actually did better.
0: And who won?
1: Who do you think? The monkey, Chimichanga, el monkey. No way, si senor, for real. I can't remember, but it was funny. That is such a letdown
0: that you don't know the punchline to this story (laughs) yet.
1: I need to look into Classic. it. Classic. <laughs> I think it's one of those things. Just where we, commit to the monkey. We'll we rewind, committed to the show, say, but we did Just say,
0: the monkey won. The monkey he won. doubled Pat's points. The um, monkey doubled Pat's points. Perfect. I'll cut it so it sounds seamless. Perfect. Now, here's the question. Um... It was the muscle. I have it on video. This is That's I was, what I was going to ask. No, you. I have video. I have it on video. Cause got, it doesn't work. I mean, it's kind of funny as an audio concept, know, but, but it's way were, better as a video. Were, concept. We were pretty smart to video we're, these Where'd chicks. you get the Playboy models?
1: Some guy in the surfer office, this guy named Jake was like, he was a classic guy. He was just super connected to all these smoking hot chicks somehow.
0: Yeah. And monkeys apparently.
1: No, the monkeys, I just like started Googling, like, you know, who, how do you rent like animals for parties? You know? Yeah. And they just go, yeah, I've got a little monkey. And he brought his monkey in. and
0: That is amazing. It was That's super such an killer. And, of course, the,
1: the playmates just love the cute little monkey. They were just, oh, you know. And yeah. It's just mental. So, dude. While that might story- be the highlight of my internet radio days at Surfer Magazine. And believe me, all the people at Surfer, like all the hoity-toity editorial types were just so bummed out. On or the like,
0: concept? Yeah, this isn't on brand at all, you know. Oh, my gosh. It's so on brand for surfers, you know. Now, here's my question. I mean, it makes me happy, and I want to laugh at the story, but there's a twinge of sadness because <laughs> you don't put that much creative energy into spit. I want you to be bringing monkey concepts to spit. All right. I'm Come on, sorry, here. man. You should be sorry. I'll try better. This is depressing. All right. All right. Um, somebody, I used to, so by the oh. way. Go ahead. I might have it with me,
1: but I was just randomly listening to my phone the other day. The songs were ripping through on my phone. Yeah. And the original uh, intro music to the show came on. And I thought it'd be fun to play it just to hear it. Well, is it
0: Sal, Hugh Mascala? No. No, I'll try to bring it up and okay. see if you're interested in it. Um, or send it to me after and I'll just yeah, we drop to it in. we're play it right now. Because people that hear it, that listen to the show, will be like, oh yeah, I love that. So, All one while you're... In relation to that, mm-hmm. um, I used to listen to your show. I'm sure we've talked about this, but I used to listen listen for sure. Like the Sam, was it Sam George? Sam George, yeah, Sam it? George and, and Chris Morrow. Helped it a was lot. really well produced. It was like an actual radio show. You well, know? some of them were radio shows, like in in San Diego. But it started out the progression, as I remember it, was Surfer Magazine kind of internet radio show. Then that went away, or maybe you left, and then it was on San Diego radio somewhere, like AM or something like that. Yeah. Then back on the internet somewhere, and then the podcast thing became a thing. Yeah. But it was always kind of like that surfer version was the best one it was like the most well produced obviously because surfer's probably funding it and well, yeah, buying we the spent audio like equipment. 20 grand and no
1: way so much money no in audio equipment it was over the top because oh, I, had to have, I had to have I had to have callers. so we had to buy the switchboard none of us knew how to use any of this right. we didn't have any engineers we're like plug this in here I had this guy Kevin McCormick who was just brilliant like with like technical stuff and he figured out how to do it. Yeah. But we were all set up to have live callers and we would never get a caller.
0: (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I just bought an interface uh, a couple of weeks ago that has the ability to do that live call in and record all that sort of stuff. So we can definitely incorporate that in the shows moving forward. Um, Do you, do you have some um,
1: cool announcement you want to make? No,
0: no. Um, But, that original show. So I used to try to catch it, but again, because it jumped platforms, it was hard to pin down. And it was before Instagram where like you could advertise where the next version was going to be. So it was like this real difficult thing to track, but we talked about it on the air a few years ago and a listener sent us he had recorded, for some reason, he had recordings of all those old original shows, and he sent them to us, and I listened to one of them. I don't know if it was the first show ever, but I listened to some of those original ones, and they were really well I've done. I've got a bunch of them. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm got just that trying,
1: song? I don't know if I do or not.
0: Okay. Well, like I said, we'll play it. Or what is the name and the title?
1: Uh, That's just it. It's like, it, on my playlist, it just randomly comes up as... But you don't
0: know what the name and the title is? No,
1: it's like no. unknown.
0: No. Um. By the way, you asked me the other day. You sent me the uh, Joe Rogan and Sam Harris pod. Yeah, it was good. Did you I know? Did Sam you say, Harris is fabulous. Did you ask, or did you tell me to listen to it because they're talking about like communication Mo- with audience and how to monetize? Yeah, the, a lot yeah, of yeah, that. But I, then
1: I thought you dig the the last two hours are really good too. Just yeah. totally about meditation and all that other stuff that yeah. he talked about.
0: The, they just need to tighten up their act. I, I mean, as guys you're... you and I who are going thirty minutes deep without talking about surfing, but like they just. It go, It doesn't need to be three hours. It needs to be
1: less Joe Rogan.
0: I agree completely, dude. And that Joe could be the case with, the
1: with us, better. too. Like, like, some people could be like, you know what? Your stupid podcast needs to be less Scott Bass and more of your list. Guaranteed more of your, we yeah. have b-
0: both versions, you know? Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. Joe, I feel like, needs to get out of the way of his guests more often than not.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And it's like, he does, he certainly adds to the show, but I feel like... If they could, if he had a really good producer who could keep it at a tight one hour or ninety minutes, and the reduction of that time is really just eliminating Joe's ramblings, because Joe's got good flavor and he's um, tees up topics, but he needs to just kind of get out of the way a lot of the times. He does. Sam is way more interesting than Joe is. Yeah. All right, Scott. Well, since we didn't find that. By the way, we should give a shout out. It's not the top of the show, but Neat Essentials. Need. And uh, Spy Optics sent you your new oh, snowboard right. goggles. those are
1: so killer.
0: I told him I go, hey dude, Scott's out of town already, but just send him whatever pair of goggles you want out off your guys out of your uh, Snow Goggle portfolio. They're and so I think killer. they sent you the best ones.
1: They're super killer. Yeah. They're just deluxe. Spy optic. Like they did send me the best ones. They did. Yeah. So thank you to Spy Optic. And believe me, we were seeing happily. By the way, the waves have been crappy here Some in California. Crappy. But I'll tell you what hasn't been crappy is the snow. I mean, it's a snowboarder's dream, especially this month of February. It's just been nonstop. Yeah. And we're getting more tomorrow. The yeah. next, like It's mental how good the snow is. So if you need new goggles. Yeah. Trust me, the Spy Optic ones, they just sent me. I wish I knew the name brand. I think they were the The, Ace. uh, The Ace? I think they they were the Ace. They were, they're so good. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And they they came with, you know, low light and, you know, flat light and super sunny um, interchangeable lenses too.
0: Interchangeable happy lenses. Yeah. And when you do buy those, use the promo code podcast and that supports us so they can track that and see that you guys are actually um, engaged. And then also, in regard to the mountain, Need Essentials outerwear
1: oh yes i've got
0: i've got not only the puffer but the um the snow shell that goes over the puffer oh and and the pants
1: rob sent those to my son oh he did to hank hank loves those yeah they're really nice the super killer shell
0: yeah really nice awesome well thanks for that support you guys and uh what else you got scott
1: um let's see well we were talking about the rain Sadly, somebody decided to ride their wave storm down a flooded water canal in Escondido in San Diego, and he died.
0: He got on his wave
1: storm during massive rain running down this canal, like massive quantities of flood water, just decided to go for it, and fell off his board and died
0: hit his head or I, they don't really know
1: they, they they put it on it it was a big news story you know there was like local news yeah. showing the lifeguards launching a boat to go try to f- get the guy wow but these flood canals i mean they have grates and they have drop-offs and like when you get in one if you don't know what's downstream and that water is going you know 50 miles an hour good luck man you could just come go 50 miles an hour straight into a
0: metal grate yeah and drop the drop-offs it's all hard concrete there's no, super no give. I
1: mean, and, you got to be kind of dumb to do that. Right? Are you Is that a super, Dar,
0: Darwin Award winner? Absolutely. But and Sadly, not, the guy died, so not, I don't want to make fun of him. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Although he wouldn't know. Um, but no, I mean, you're, first of all, you're going to get sick. You're either going to get hepatitis of some sort, but you could also, there's so much trash in there. There's got to be just like steel rebar and rocks and tree branches and stuff for you to hit. Snakes. So, yeah, it's a nightmare. Cows. I've seen, dude, I've seen snakes in the lineup at uppers. Oh, when yeah. The, when the river blows out and there are like trees sitting on the reef and stuff. Yeah, sycamore seen, trees. S- seen snakes out there. Yeah. It's freaking crazy.
1: Dude. I told you the story the one time about the tree where we, I needed a trophy for the for the icons of foam okay you didn't hear this <laughs> all of your stories
0: start so good
1: <laughs> i know they end horribly so sometimes ne- they don't end so i needed i needed a trophy for the icons of foam tribute to the masters for the shape-off we do at the boardroom show and i'm like i want something super killer and so i called rob Havasi, my friend he's an artist up yeah, here yeah. in costa mesa and i'm like rob let's do something killer and he's like okay okay Rob's like, I got a killer idea. There's an old sycamore tree that's in the lineup, basically at at uppers. Mm -hmm. It's like almost in the lineup at uppers. Everyone knows about, everyone that surfs up there has to walk over this tree and all the old time local guys put their bikes on it. You know, like let's go to uppers and cut a piece of that sycamore tree and build the trophy out of that. And I'm like, killer idea. Let's do that. And then I told, and then he's like, let's get it. Let's like, let's get a film crew to to, to film us doing this. And so I called Cyrus Sutton and I'm like, Cyrus, we've got this idea. And he's like, let's do it. It'll be cool for corduroy TV. And so like, he filmed me going to home Depot and buying a chainsaw. And we had to pick the right morning. Cause we we're like, Holy shit. If we go into uppers with a chainsaw and start cutting a tree, we're going to get in trouble. You know? Yeah. And so then the thought was, why don't we just tell the lifeguards that we're going to do it? Hmm. So, We contacted Steve Long, who's Greg Long's dad, who's the head lifeguard at at Trestles.
0: And he acquired a monkey.
1: And we're (laughs) we're like, Steve, we want a monkey to cut this tree. And Steve's like, you know what? I think this is super cool. You know, you didn't hear it from me blah 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 but let's do it so we met steve and steve drove us in to like look around for maybe another tree that was even better yeah he drove us all around all the back like roads of trestles where you see all those roads when you're walking in and we finally go this is our tree it's the we want the tree that everyone you have to it was in the sand we had to get a shovel and dig it out and we did all this drama we cut the piece of sycamore we loaded it into the lifeguard truck. He drove us, you know, down there by lowers, like where you enter to go for the contest, you know. for the, And and it was killer, man. It was just killer meeting Steve Long and just... We had so much fun and Cyrus videoed the whole thing. It was like the making of the trophy, you know.
0: Is the video out there?
1: It, I think we... So it ends up bad. So, oh, no. So it ends up... Not bad, but just kind of like classic, right? So it ends up that... um Sycamore is one of these woods that the, a woodmaker or a cabinet guy would tell you Oh, We call it a moving wood, which is sort of weird. Like could be the name of a band, you know, moving wood. <laughs> but, <laughs> but so Steve goes, or no, so the woodmaker guy goes, this wood just constantly moves. It constantly warps. Like it's not going to ever be static. You know, like a certain type of wood, like a redwood or whatever. That's why there's no sycamore wood. art like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not a hardwood it just moves you know like it's so it your trophy is going to gonna bend eventually over time you know it's going to warp when it dries out it's going to do this and if it gets moisture it's going to do that so we we really recommend that you don't build a trophy out of this wood you know and so i went and i told rob and rob's like oh that's a bummer you know like we went to all like i i spent a bunch of money just on a friggin chainsaw that i used once and threw away no way yeah and and so then rob's like well i want the wood and i'm like well I want the wood. So it turned into this, like, kind of battle between Rob and I. He's like, what was my idea? And I'm like, yeah, but I paid for the chainsaw. And it turned into this thing where Rob and I had, like, a mini falling out kind of. Like, it wasn't bad, but it was kind of like, I was kind of like, all right, you can keep the wood, whatever. And then I was kind of a little bit butthurt about it.
0: So were you guys, did you uh, ever reconcile? Oh, yeah.
1: No, no. we Reconcile? Of course. Okay. It, it was a silly little thing to be.
0: Yeah.
1: But the bummer was, is that the the whole corduroy TV thing never like that never flushed its way out. Yeah. And I even I think the beauty of the story is that there was a falling out and then there was a reconciliation. You know, Dick Metz, look who's joining us, Dick Metz. Hey, Dick. We're recording our show right now. You want in? We want you to sing a song. <laughs> no, you, you know, sure. you <laughs> we'll we'll you. come in if we need to get in there.
0: Okay, well you're
1: Thank welcome. You. I, I opened it. Thanks, okay, buddy. Thanks. Uh, so. So it would have been cool to have like, I mean, there was conflict there in a bunch of different places. So it have made a cool little short, a right. little short film. And I think Cyrus, I know Cyrus probably still has that footage somewhere of us cutting the tree. And we made sure we picked like a miserable morning so there was no one around. Okay. Like it was onshore, two foot and gray and rainy. That's you know hilarious. what I mean? Yeah. It was epic.
0: That is epic, dude. Speaking of epic, this we've I've done, had two good stories. And we've for done it. less surf talk, but this is probably going to be the best episode that people.
1: Man, I've got some stories.
0: No kidding. Um, well, in relation to Pat and the WSL, yes. Are we um, still WSL? on that story? No, I we're was not. In the I'm segueing off. Okay. WSL signs a deal with Fox Sports.
1: Oh, by the way, yeah, that's. By the way, I think Elo has his fingers on all of this, and I salute him.
0: Oh really? Yeah,
1: the Fox Sports thing is for sure got to gonna... be an ELO thing because I texted him. I'm like, dude, congratulations! And he's like, thanks, man. I'm, I'm stoked. Everything's coming together, and, and he's even like, we may be ready to do a podcast with you. So
0: I was gonna say it's. Uh I've seen his thumbprint in the last two or three weeks. You can see a visible change in the direction of the content. But
1: he isn't in the forefront of it, which I think is no, cool. No, he isn't at all. You know what I mean? Like just, you wouldn't even know. His name isn't even mentioned in the press releases, no. but I'm sure that he's every reason why this is oh, yeah. happening.
0: You could see like, I'll name the ones right off the top of my head.
1: Pat O'Connell. Well, the, I think that's the bringing WSL? Salt into the office. I the, think that was a move to bring Salt into the office. Totally. I think a lot of people told him that needs to be done, including people in the office, like Dave and probably Absolutely.
0: Graham. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the athletes at the Clippers game, sitting courtside at the Clippers oh, for game. for ball yeah. Barons. Yeah, that's yeah, it's like, <laughs> Elo for sure has all the. He's used to living that lifestyle Absolutely. where it's like you're entertaining clients yeah. at the box. So it's like, oh, why not bring. These young kids. It was Tatiana Weston Webb, Griffin, uh, Kanoa, You know, Perfect. come and throw some shots at halftime and all that sort of stuff. Make it more not only give these guys a little bit of um, love, like they would enjoy doing it, but also put them in the middle of the limelight.
1: Absolutely. You know?
0: So the whole world knows who these guys are. Absolutely. And girls. Um, they're doing this recur this series on social media about like highlighting their own photographers like their staff photographers whose names i've seen my entire life and i couldn't pick them out of a lineup if i saw their face they're doing profiles on those people you know like here's top 10 moment moments from this photographer right um little stuff like that just kind of corrections in the content yeah which i think are really smart
1: but anyways there might be Monkey and Playmates going down, too, with with the WSL. They're clearly
0: taking your ideas from all, the, <laughs> in all these other directions. But anyways, February 12th, Fox Sports and the World Surf League announced that they have reached an agreement making Fox Sports the exclusive U.S. television broadcaster for the WSL 2019 CT events, as well as the Big Wave World Tour. Fox will telecast more than 500 hours of WSL programming, including live contents and highlight shows. Uh, across Fox, and then all the other FS1, FS2, Fox Sports app. Super so, good. Five hundred hours though, so that's like three contests basically they're going to show.
1: Oh, uh, it'll be it'll be all cleaned up, yeah, edited I know, down. I know, I
0: know, but that's how much time it takes to watch a contest.
1: Elo, making it happen, it's kind of killer yeah. behind the scenes. Um, so you
0: see the Fox thing as a good thing.
1: Any time you can get your broader your audience. sport on a tv platform or wherever you i mean just the, the more you can promote it and get it get it visible the better right
0: um what the weird thing is we're one year one year ago we were announcing the facebook deal that was a two-year deal for exclusive rights what happened to that so within one year i mean
1: i don't know and obviously
0: the launch just went to sideways, say that still doesn't exist because i think it was exclusive
1: i'm sure they went in there and massaged the contract and massaged the wording and Maybe, you know, hmm. suited up, lawyered up, and showed up, and they all kind of went, okay, we'll massage it for you. I don't know. Who as, knows?
0: as an adult, I've realized contracts don't work the way I thought that contracts do when I was a kid.
1: Especially sports contracts.
0: I thought that it was definitive. Cut and dried? I thought it was like, here's a contract, sign your name, and this is like set in it stone. It is
1: until you've, you... Change know. your mind? Yeah. You Get into <laughs> a lawsuit about it.
0: I didn't know that we were even able to be massaged.
1: Yeah. Massage is a kind word.
0: Hmm.
1: But who knows? I, I'm not... I I mean, we don't know. The Facebook thing... I, I would suggest to you the Facebook thing is probably still going. And it's probably a different... You know, it's a digital thing. And Fox is a TV cable deal. and Not
0: even though. I mean, they have an app and they have... Yeah. You know.
1: I know. Yeah. yeah.
0: Interesting. We'll see. Yeah, we will see.
1: Local surfing and commercial... Okay, so Chris Brown had his paddle out mm-hmm. Saturday up in Santa Barbara. It was huge. Did you go? I was up there, or no? I was up there Sunday. I wasn't up there Saturday, but I saw it on the news when I was up there on Sunday. It was on the news, and um, it was a big deal. And up there in Santa Barbara, I mean, when I say this up there is Santa Barbara, it was, uh, it was. You know, it's funny when you're in the community, you realize how, how deeply loved the guy was. You know what I mean? When you're kind of removed from it, you're, just, you know, maybe not as close to the power involved, but um, it was pretty powerful. The paddle awesome. out that I saw in the news up there, and that I heard when I was meeting with a bunch of surfers up there, and I heard all about it. And a lot of people, a lot of people from down here, of course, went because Chris was was you know sort of a part of the surf media, and that he was a talent, you know, and everyone knew him. So yeah. it was um, it's a sad situation. I still don't know exactly how he died.
0: Um, it was drug related it really yeah, the coroner's report or whatever came out, and he had methamphetamine in his system oh. and he apparently it seems like he fell off the cliff and was it
1: a cliff or was it like a I heard it might have been like a jetty or an outcropping or something I don't know
0: i I because
1: he fell and broke his back, right?
0: Was it a back break? I, I don't know I mean, they found him at the bottom of the cliff in street clothes um and I think he was. Yeah, I don't want to speculate. yeah we don't know. I, read, I read the details. Right. I didn't commit them to memory. Right. But methamphetamine in his system was the mm-hmm. culprit. That, that's too bad. That's I tough. know. As no, it's, it's horrifying, dude.
1: That's a tough deal. And it kind of brings to light something that I spoke with Damien Hobgood about. And I think you and I talked about it. But this whole concept of midlife crisis when you're a pro surfer. And instead of it being at 50, it's at 30. You know, like a lot of these guys. I mean, we talked about that last time. I think you and I were on the show. Did we? Yeah, midlife crisis. I think it's something that <laughs> which is, explains your chop. I was gonna say, is a, it directed at me somehow? Were we talking about me? <laughs> no. Anyway, this concept of of a midlife crisis for pro surfers like what what's act two well, basically? What's act two?
0: Shifting your identity completely. Yeah. Like this one thing that you've chased your entire life, and then who are you after that?
1: Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of drama, a lot of psychology it goes with you know like there's some it's 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 can be a scary place I bet
0: yeah well that's the thing that um I don't know resonated with me with the Chris Brown thing is like you you and I on the public side of it not really knowing any of his close friends had no idea what he was going through and apparently he was struggling you know depression or whatever it was and he was struggling and it makes me kind of reassess the people around me and like shoot, I haven't heard from so-and-so in a few months. I wonder what they're up to, you know? And like, I know that there's external factors in their life that could project them into depression, but I think that they're strong and I think that they're not bothered by it, but I should probably just check in with them and and see what, what they're up to.
1: Well, you know, now more than ever with, with pro surfing being as strong as it's ever been. And we were talking earlier about the NFL and what, a lot of what the NFL and the and the NFL players association will do is when they get rookies in they'll be like hey guess what this career lasts 3 years yeah. if you're lucky you know if it lasts 5 years we're going to give you full pen you know you're going to get all the bennies of a of a full time you know participant or employee or whatever but my point is is that that doesn't really happen in in some of these smaller sports and so a young kid gets famous he's 12 years old he's an Instagram hero until he's 25, he's like, people are kissing his ass, and then maybe he doesn't make it, or he does one year on tour, and he falls off tour, and holy shit, and no one gives a shit about him, all the people that were kissing his ass are like, whatever, good Mm -hmm. luck, you know, and that's where there's some of this depression, I think, that's where there's this midlife crisis, but when you're 25, yeah, and so that could be a thing that, The WSL addresses, perhaps, you know, like this is where you need like an athlete liaison to kind of go, Hey, I want you guys to realize what this thing's all really about. You know, like you're going to go try to get a world title. If you don't, you better have a backup plan or you should think of, you know, like just like the basics of life planning that sometimes young guys don't get young gals, young guys and gals don't get.
0: I do feel like it's an identity, like you're having to shift your identity and the guys who have the people who have, um. Kind of transitioned successfully aren't just wrapped up in a surfer identity. You know, like you look at somebody like John John, John John's sailing, he's doing all these other things. Kelly Slater seems to have all those these other good interests. examples,
1: though. They're I'm not. talking about like fringe guys, those are the guys like B, B, no, I, no, B players. Like Kelly and John John are set for life
0: they're not going to be concerned about the financial constraints after their pro career. What I'm saying is that they have diversified interests and they're not just surfers. Like if you asked them, they would probably express all these different facets of their life that they're interested in, you know, whereas the guys, maybe the fringe players have to be more surf focused because they don't have the natural talent or the industry support to go and explore their interests. They have to just solely do this one thing. But I think that's where, you know, either parenting or whatever, like you need a more balanced lifestyle to not have all your eggs in that one basket. I just had, a I interviewed, um, Josh Kerr, he's Great example. successfully transitioned all of those things, you know? And it's like, he's living a better life now than he was when he was on tour and it's like, He's got all these eggs in different baskets. He's got some investments over here, some over there, some over there. He's actively raising his kids. His and he's wife's always, involved with he, all of it. And
1: he's always been, I mean, he had an air thing. Then version two was on the WSL. Then version three was he was attacking the big wave world tour version four is he's like a restaurateur and an entrepreneur on some level with beer companies or whatever. And he he's was doing. doing
0: those things all the while he was right. on tour too.
1: So, I mean, he's a great example of the way to do it yeah. for sure. Like you would want to point to him, but I'm thinking of guys like, I don't know, you know, like there's, Oh, I know who you're, yeah, there's a bunch of like B players that could maybe make the WSL for a year or two and linger around 25th or 30th and drop off and be like, but in that, holy time, shit, make, what do
0: I do in that time? They do make a few hundred thousand bucks And it's kind of like, maybe depending on who it is, but let's say they do, let's say in that amount of time that they're on tour for three or four years, they've got half a million bucks to show for it. That money can go quick for Gantt, you know, and it's like, yeah. And if you think that you're going to be doing it for 10 years, kind of with the lack of awareness that you're talking about, where it's like, no, 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 this is for three years and it's got to last you from this point on. So
1: it's more about what are you going to, what kind of, what's your employment going to look like? Yeah. I think that's where the depression comes in. Yeah. And the lack of fame, all of a sudden, you're...
0: Nobody cares nobody anymore. Nobody
1: cares, yeah. you know? I mean, there's. I could throw some names out. I don't want to, but no, no, but, no. but my point is is that it's those B-minus players that you're like, yeah, they're great surfers, guess what? There's a million great surfers, you yeah. know? Yeah. Are you in the top 10? Have you been in the top 10 for five years? Well, you know, you better wax up your 9-6 and hope for the Big Way World <laughs> Tour or something, cause,
0: as if that's like an easy transition.
1: Oh, like I got no other options. I'll just go surf 40, 40 foot waves. But well, you've really touched on what's most important is that you have to have a, a, some level of serenity in your life that's that's created and manifest um, beyond like your your self-identity in the public space. You know, you have yeah. to have some sort of either faith or um, great parenting or whatever it is and, and other Outside ancillary
0: interests, yeah, uh relationships. You know, like long-term relationships in your friend group, and I feel like Matt Miola is a guy who's like, he's also a fisherman and he also hunts and he also has this community of people on this small island, and he's got his parent, his family life, and all. And so it's almost like the pro surfing thing can come and can go, and you want to leverage it when it's there but if it doesn't pan out your life's not over you know
1: you mentioned Matt Miella and it got me thinking about it I think it's easier to kind of transition if you live in Hawaii like I, I think it's easier to community. just kind of like yeah just you know what, I'm just gonna like be a part of the surf community you're still a part of the surf community whereas it, like in Santa Barbara you transition off the tour and you're in California and it's like you're just with you know 20 million people instead of like yeah. this little niche community on maui that's like hey yeah i'll start a yoga thing and people will, you know i don't know whatever. but you know.
0: but i think it is to do with identity still because his identity is maui maui is right. my identity this exactly. is my family this is my home so right. you still have the identity you never let it get too wrapped up in just being a pro surfer you know
1: agreed so
0: um i'm glad we're solving everybody's uh i know Always crises, e- crises that I mean, people think we encounter.
1: We give people free life advice. It's amazing. It is pretty amazing. So You're we, welcome.
0: You'd have to pay like 150 bucks an hour in therapy for this.
1: We take Bitcoin, a little bit of Bitcoin.
0: Uh, what else do you got? I've been bringing all the stories,
1: bro. John, are you
0: prepared? I'm prepared. Okay. Um, did you see John, John? Did you see John John's clip? Which one? Instagram clip, uh, with the knee brace. No. Dude. So, John John's Back is my title for this segment. Okay. Um, obviously, he was injured last year. Oh, a couple of things. I saw Ross Williams' name on the announcer list, too, for the WSL. So, I'm wondering if John John's coming back from injury. I'm wondering if Ross is stepping down from being the coach and back into the commentary booth. I love having, having him as a commentator on the WSL, so that's great. But I'm also wondering what's going on behind the scenes with John John. Anyways, John John's clip surfing like you know uh aukai beach park like double overhead or whatever oh i saw that that, Freaking that, that blown out kind of like North- no it was a clean day oh clean offshore but double overhead and just absolutely looking like the old john john but with a knee brace like the knee brace is there and you're like oh shoot maybe you shouldn't be out there but flaring
1: flaring with a knee brace uh-huh.
0: flaring in a way that makes me very very optimistic for the return of john john
1: okay how did he hurt his knee? It's that same old injury. The, ba- the Bali yeah.
0: air that he did at karamas last year, right? Sidelined him. So he's going to remember kne- that. Of course I do. Are you kidding? <laughs> okay. No. Do you remember that John John didn't defend his potential third world or didn't defend his second world title?
1: I interviewed a guy recently for the Boardroom podcast, and I asked him something about like who's who's the greatest surfer this year or whatever. And he goes, John, John. Did you listen to this? He goes, John, John Florence was the last year's greatest surfer. And I go, really? He didn't even surf on tour. And he goes, that's why. Look what he did. He went sailing around the world. He paddled Molokai. He like, you know, probably he probably climbed, you know, some mountain in the Himalayas. Like he just did all of this other stuff, which makes him the greatest surfer this year. And I thought that was a pretty good take. He
0: out earned everybody else as well by not surfing.
1: Yeah. I mean, the fact that he just did all this other cool stuff and everyone was kind of wondering where he is kind of made him the greatest surfer of 2018.
0: And not Instagramming along the way either. Yeah. You know, I mean, like one Instagram every three or four months.
1: There's a recent Instagram because they had some really bad winds about two weeks ago. Like the weather in Hawaii has been atrocious.
0: How about that swell they got? Biggest waves
1: ever. Biggest waves ever. Yeah, but obviously, like Third Reef, Waimea. Yeah, like thirty knot onshore hell. Yeah, yeah. A low pressure system just sat right off the coast and just spun like a mean. Just annihilated. Basically, a hurricane force thing just right off the coast there. But one of those days, John, John, and Nathan, they're videoing each other. Like, should we do it? Should we not go out? Should we go out? And it was just barely borderline. But they kept seeing moments. Yeah. And they're like, hell, we haven't surfed in four days. Let's go. And they filmed it. And it's John John and Nathan and one of their buddies. And they're getting little shacks and doing killer little carves. And it was like, a, you know, 45 second clip.
0: Yeah. Like. No, I saw that one too. I like that one yeah, too. That was it was cool. like a double up, right? Yeah. Like right? double
1: up gums Triple, or something. Triple, double,
0: like tripled up, you know? Yeah. Crazy. Uh, but I'm psyched for the return of John John. And I'm actually, it's been the longest off season ever, I feel. Like, the sense the Pipe Masters and and the next event doesn't start for another well, month, more, like six weeks. And the
1: Vulcan Pipe Pro is sort of underwhelming a little bit. Was it? I mean, didn't you see it? Yeah, I watched it. I
0: liked it, but I, I don't feel like it made a big media splash. The first splash. couple
1: rounds were pretty bad.
0: Yeah, yeah the waves sucked, but it ended in good conditions. It did end in good condition. How ways. psyched are you about Jack, Jack Robinson winning?
1: Super psyched. So psyched. More than ever, we need a hashtag like... We gotta come up with a hashtag to get him on tour. We need
0: Jack on tour. I mean Jack's surfing is so well suited for tour. And it's like having Zion
1: Williamson, the Duke basketball player, available for the NBA and not allowing him to play.
0: That's exactly what it's like.
1: Thank you. I knew you'd <laughs> relate to that mainstream sport analogy. Do you um, even know who Zion Williamson is?
0: No, I don't. Uh, I know where Zion you're National like Park just is. Just
1: complete like surf blinders on.
0: Huh, like no, I pay attention to lots of other things, not ball sports, though. <laughs> you mean real sports? I feel like you are sports <laughs> blinders on. Yeah. Uh, you know who else deserves a shout out in that conversation? Actually, a couple of guys. Baron Mamiya finished second. Baron's yeah. the real deal, dude. Yeah, they all love him. He re- Who do you mean they?
1: I mean, like the local community. You could tell that but I mean, the, look the, at the broadcasters the were.
0: No, for sure, for sure. I mean, he got that 10-point oh, ride, absolutely. that, like, free-fall drop at back Oh, floor. that was sick. And that was sick. He stomped it with zero speed going into the barrel. That's what was so sick about it. Yeah. Like and then he... the thing rifled down the line, and he gets blown out, and you're like,
1: what? He set his rail with no speed and somehow
0: got the speed going to get out of it. And then Reef Heazlewood. Hazelwood. Hazelwood? I think it's Hazel, because it's H-E-A-Z. Ozzy guy, right? Uh, yeah. He looks legit, too.
1: Yeah, you know, like I said, all of these guys... Let's just see what happens. Let, <laughs> let, let me see that they're in the top 10 for three years in a row, and
0: then I'll be like, okay, yeah, he's got it mentally. It's all about mental. See, you and at I, least I agree. I take it's the all risk. all mental. 100%, but at least I take the risk of putting my... I at least anoint one with something. Yeah, there's a used car lot filled with all your former there uh, Carlos
1: there is and, and i don't know who else did you throw Matt in banning matt banning ethan well, ewing, what, ethan ewing. <laughs> there's all these talk, at these I are all the risk. guys
0: that are having that midlife crisis maybe i'm you. maybe i'm hexing them it is maybe it's,
1: the, it's my fault it is your no, fault. No, but
0: what i'm saying is at least i put an anointing on him, like I you just sit here and go. No, oh, Kyle Lenny is all I got all the time. Kai, I love Kai is the friggin'
1: man. Exactly.
0: Oh, it's the easiest bet in the no, world. No, you
1: didn't. But you it's didn't the, place that bet. You did.
0: My, no, but my you point did, is,
1: you wouldn't back it. You wouldn't back Kyle Lenny. You're like, Because it's oh. too obvious. Oh my God. Who's the guy that said Kanoe Garashi is going to be the world champion this year? Me, not you. All right. So I threw it out there. That hasn't mouth. happened. Yeah, but the year hasn't happened okay, yet. Okay, that's a I'm, good point. I'm saying it's going to That gonna was a big
0: gamble for you. That was a big. I, oh, you're right. Even no, no, no. I'm, I'm. saying you're right. You did throw that one out there, and it's and a Kylie. terrible decision. No, look. All my. All, look. All your
1: guys are having midlife crises. <laughs> 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 my guys are making some dough. I need one unicorn.
0: That's the thing. Right. My one guy is going to go from obscurity to like superstar. Probably
1: be a girl. Like you, Reef, like
0: Carolyn Marks, Reef Easelwood. I did, and I actually claimed that with Tatiana, and then she really wheels fell off in the last year or two. She's got but I claimed I it. it I gave her the scalesitis, scaliosis. Um, So I called it with PT. We did an episode with PT here at Shaq. And I was like, dude, Tatiana, when she qualifies, she's going to kill it. And you're like, who's that? You're like, no chance. And PT backed me. PT's like, no, 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 for real, she's the real deal. And she hit the tour with a bit of force, but has kind of dropped off in the last year or so.
1: Carolyn Marks is the real deal.
0: For sure she is, dude
1: she's she's got it going on. She really
0: does. I don't think I've ever seen any female a- a surfer that I can equate with her approach, her tenacity, her maybe like Chelsea Hedges when she first came on the scene, but she didn't didn't maintain it. Um, Caroline. We'll see
1: if Caroline so far she's been bulletproof mentally. Well, we'll see what happens. She
0: reminds me of Griffin Colapinto's Mental, where they're, like, so jovial and fun-loving. They seem oblivious to any of real life's, yeah. um, uh, the cynicism that you develop after a couple of years, you know?
1: A couple of hard losses. Like
0: that Chloe Andino deals with, kind of on a regular. Like, yeah. Griffin has no idea. He's just like, no, 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 I just show up and I do my thing. And I feel like Caroline's in that um, kind of blissful phase
1: yeah, I want to tell you that Chloe did a really good job in the booth. When? At the Vulcan Pipe Pro. Oh, I didn't catch they that. They brought him into the booth to, to to do commentary. And it was really good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. He's, I think he's a... Stri- good stories about him and his dad and about his just thoughts on the other guys, you know. And of course, you know, he's he's going to be a little bit... You know, he's going to walk that fine line and not go overboard with his criticism or whatever. But... He had some pretty cool commentary. I thought oh. he was good in the booth.
0: I think he's really astute.
1: His dad was... I had his dad on the show a couple times, and he was good. When he was in the booth, he was, he was too PT. He was like PT. He like... It was just... It was ins- the- insincere.
0: Oh, okay. His commentary. PT was insincere?
1: No, PT was sincere, but it was
0: just over the top. Like I think over the top, like hyperbolic. You yeah. know, just like... Off the lip! Uh, yeah. He was like
1: hardcore, like just like, take a breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was 30 years ago, by the way. Yeah. Have you seen this movie, Spoons? A Santa Barbara Story? I've been wanting to, but no, I haven't. Well, it did a premiere in Santa Barbara last week, and I did not see it, but I've heard incredible things about it. Everybody I talked to said it was mind-blowingly killer. Really? Yeah. Uh,
0: What is it about?
1: It's basically centered around Santa Barbara and George Greeno and Reynolds Yader and... um, the spoon design and, and how it had an effect on, you know, probably Bob McTavish and what it what it did when George brought the spoon over to Australia and how it sort of kicked off a, a shortboard revolution, you know?
0: How do you... Because um, def- George Gior- Reno does- was
1: just doing these insane turns and... Well, describe what a spoon design is. Well, it's complete displacement. It's just like a spoon. Like, take a spoon you're eating your yogurt with, turn it over, right? And just imagine that as the bottom of your board design it just displaces water everywhere. So
0: the convex is down. I don't know what convex is, but... The bottom of the spoon is the bottom of the board.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the bottom of the spoon. And the
0: top of... Is the top of the deck scooped out?
1: It can be. Not as much as a spoon for yogurt would be.
0: Right, (laughs) right.
1: And what is the benefit of the displacement? Well, that's a good question, right? Um, I'm not sure I'm qualified to completely answer that but the the feeling is is that you can get deeper in the barrel because it's oh really it's it's like sucking you into the the wave face and the spoon are kind of like it's just pushing water away from you it's right. constantly pushing water away from um you, you're at. but again i, I don't want to butcher
0: this because i'm not the well I'm not a shaper and i don't want to butcher the concepts but. i'll give some basic info like Obviously, displacement hull. The board is sitting in the water like a boat is. Right. So you're first of all you're displacing water, s- displacing water, but also um, utilizing a different source of energy. You're kind of drawing energy from underneath the wave, like when you see dolphins under the wave, you know, where they're not breaking the surface. You're drawing some of that energy as a, as opposed to a planing hull, which right. is flat across the top of the surface. Oh. That the goal is to kind of um, less wetted area the better like you're just gliding across you don't want any friction contact with water is friction mm. and you want less of that whereas the displacement theory is you're sitting in the water using that undercurrent of energy to propel direction
1: we're gonna get a lot of emails you don't
0: think that's accurate <laughs>
1: no, i didn't say that I tell just, me no I think, you're right. oh, okay. I think you're right i think i mean i don't know
0: if you're right but it sounded good i mean that's my understanding of the most basic fundamental of it i think you're right though. but the Greeno versus Yater thing is those are such... Greeno's riding small boards. The reason why he's able to do the radical turns that he was doing, I don't think were so much to do with the displacement. No. It was so much to do with the shortening of... Yeah, and, and the back
1: foot of those spoon knee boards was flat. Yeah. Like the spoon was up in the front. So there was this moment, a transition from that spoon bottom to a little flat area where his knees are. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so there's this fine line in between where he's... Got the spoon off the bottom, but he's also got the flat area where his knees are.
0: Yeah.
1: I've got a couple of cool Greeno-inspired spoons in the in the California Vintage Surf Auction.
0: Greeno-inspired? Yeah. So who shaped them and what era? One of them
1: was made by Paul Gross with George Greeno in probably 1970 or 69 or something. And the other one's the same, like made in the Santa Barbara area up there in the wilderness shop. Um, guy, his last name's Hawksworth. Hmm. They're cool boards. Hmm. In fact, I got him in the car right hmm. now. I'm going to go shoot photos of them.
0: Um, well, this segues to my must see happy moment presented by Spy Optic. Use promo code podcast. Have you seen On the Edge of a Dream? No. Brand new film by Andrew Kidman mm-hmm. and Ellis Erickson. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're.
1: Is that Reggae Ellison? No. Reggae Ellis? Oh, so, I don't think all so. Right, I messed up. Uh, mix, Maybe, I don't mixing know. Mixing up my Australians. Um, I
0: don't know. So they basically are inspired by George Grino's Edge board design. Oh, cool. And we're seeing a lot of people utilizing the Edge board design or experimenting with it now. Mm-hmm. Your buddy Mark Andrini, Manny Caro, and Christine Brailsford-Caro. Rob Machado's doing a couple. I think
1: Lovelace is doing them.
0: Is he? Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. Lovelace is doing them. And so, I think um, you know who
1: else is doing them is oh god who's the big wave guy up in um, San Francisco no that that's a brewer protege um, big wave guy oh, it'll come to me in a minute okay oh, uh, oh go ahead I'll oh, forget it uh, I can't remember
0: <laughs> so Andrew Kidman obviously Lyle he, Lyle Carlson oh yeah, yeah 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 so Andrew Kidman important kind of filmmaker and yeah he's partnered with cultural prov- provocateur yeah, and Ellis is kind of this pro surfer who's transitioned kind of into shaping boards as well, and Kidman shapes boards also, and has always had, like, a real interest in design. So anyways, they got fascinated by this Greeno design five years ago, 2014, and they started documenting their experimentation with it, building boards, going and talking to George, George giving him feedback, adjust the fins here, and they've now, five years later, made a movie and a book about this it's on the edge of a dream it's really really good it's a documentary about what the edge does and they do a really good job of detailing its implications for a single fin versus a twin fin versus a a thruster setup cool and different lengths of boards they show lots of surfing in different styles of waves tight shots zoomed in where you see water shearing off the bottom and then cut to they're both really articulate. Yeah. So then cut to them explaining like, hey, I felt water, you know, kind of like catching at the about one foot away from the nose. And then you see that footage and you could see the water not shearing off right there, you know? So then we went back into the shaping bay and we did this adjustment on the board. Now here's the that version of the board in the water and you see the difference. And it was like very logical, linear explanation of board design that I hadn't ever really seen in a documentary before. Like a very thorough explanation of this design detail. Um, we've seen videos like five, five by 19 and a quarter where it's like, there's tons of footage of people surfing this board, but there isn't any narrative or explanation of why and how and what. This, I felt like did a really good job of explaining Greeno's successes of it originally, why they got involved, all of the kind of evolution that they made over the course of five freaking years. A lot of it comes down to fins, and it's like, we then built these fins, but it was only built out of um, fiberglass scraps, or not fiberglass, like resin scraps, and it didn't have any structural integrity, so it flexed sideways, so we went back and laid up the fin so that it had torsional flex, and here's how that, it was just, like, wow. fascinating. That's cool. I can't oh, wait to see that. On the edge of a dream. That Sounds cool, yeah, Book and DVD.
1: Hopefully, um, those guys can maybe make it to the boardroom show and bring a couple boards and some books. Or,
0: I'm gonna see them next month. I'm gonna go visit them. Are you going over there? Or are they yeah, coming here? Going to Australia. When are you going? Oh, March, you don't March need... 6th for what Visla's uh Sydney Pro Surf Comp. See if they're interested in coming over for, okay. I mean, if it organically pops up. Yeah, I will. Um, and then Parmenter's going, they. Parmenter is good friends with Kidman, yeah. and he's going to spend a month there. But I'm going to barely miss him. I would oh. love to get all of them on the mic, you know? Yeah, Shaper Roundtable.
1: Yeah, but
0: Kidman can play music. I know he plays. That's the other thing. His band
1: plays music in the entire soundtrack of the film. That's such a smart move. It just saves you so much headache as a filmmaker to have your own music.
0: I mean, well, it's not only <laughs> you have to have the talent to do it. Firstly, it no, is no. a smart
1: move. No, but just even if you don't have talent, <laughs> just do it. Make your own music for your films. All you budding filmmakers out there. The Windy Hills is the name of the band. Cool.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is and not as job. simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch
0: of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so
1: many you know, more doors. The show is
0: called The deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
1: Um, I've got a Duke Hanamoku. Me too. Who do you got? Tom Brady. Really? Yeah. from Why? the From the New England Cheatriots. Well, who is Tom Brady? He's the quarterback of the New England Cheatriots. Who are they? They're a football team. Oh,
0: okay. They throw the ball, they kick the
1: ball, they try to get first downs. Oh! You may have
0: heard of him. He's married to Kelly Slater's (laughs) ex-girlfriend. Well stated. Yes, he
1: is. So he and Kelly Slater's ex-girlfriend went on a honeymoon, or no, I mean a vacation. They're married. And uh, they went to Costa Rica, and there's footage of Tom Brady surfing. Yeah. And he's pulling it off. He actually looks like he knows what he's doing. I mean, he's a little kooky. Yeah. But that's to be expected. But. I mean, he paddles into waves on his own on a hard surfboard and stands up and does it. Yeah. And he's stoked. You can tell he's stoked. So along the same veins of when President Obama surfed, you know, I'm getting that same kind of vibe. Like He's been at it
0: for years. Tom
1: Brady's surfing. Yeah. It's kind of cool.
0: It is cool. Is he goofy or regular?
1: He's regular of
0: it, but of course. I thought he was goofy. No, no. Um, um,
1: good. So he's your duke. He's my Duke of Why adult, not celebrate? Vulnerable adult learner. Other, he's beyond that though. He's not. By the way, this whole like hate on adult learners—is there like some, like there's it's some just hate? Just a
0: joke. I mean, it's all in jest. Adult um, learners, let
1: them let them experience what we've experienced. Why, who are we to hold back the joy
0: until they paddle out in your local lineup and clog I it? I don't care. Yeah, you do.
1: I'd, I'd much rather have them than you paddle out or some, <laughs> somebody that knows what they're doing. Um, so Surfers are
0: the worst. This, by the way, is our Surfers are the Worst segment. So, about adult learners. You know our buddy Tony Roberts down in Costa Rica? Oh, yeah. Nicaragua? Yeah. He told me years ago. You know Tim Ferriss? Yes. Tim Ferriss has a popular podcast. He's author of The 4-Hour Work Week, and his whole thing still is. But whole thing for years and what he wrote all those books about was kind of like getting the maximum amount of impact with a minimal amount of effort so if you can organize your four-hour work week and just bang out max productivity you have all this time if you only need to do 12 push-ups instead of 50 but get the max that's you know whatever so explains the chop pop
1: perfectly does it yeah. how so because if you only need to just have one hairdo and never need to wash it you have more time to don't read even, tim Paris
0: books exactly So so Tony tells me, Tim comes down to Costa Rica one time, years ago. This was like seven or ten years ago or something. Comes down to Costa Rica to learn how to surf in two weeks. That's his goal. Killer. Brings Brad Gerlach as a coach. Killer. So Ger's, obviously Ger's like a great, great fundamentals guy, you know? Yeah. And just a great guy. Yeah. So, and Tony was there to like shoot photos of it the whole time. And he said... Tim's thought was like, I can become a really good surfer in two weeks because he actually learned how to tango and like learned at the beginning of the year. By the end of the year, he was in the world tango like championships and finished third or something ridiculous, you know. So he's going to try to do that to surfing. He wasn't able to is the long story short. Tony said like he was a better surfer at the end of two weeks than I've ever seen anybody else ever be. He learned faster than anybody, but he still left. As an adult beginner, you know, yeah. like, or adult learner.
1: Um, Surfing is very, very hard. Oh, God. It's so hard. If dude. You have to learn when you're an adult. You're always going to be a kook.
0: And I I still regress. You know, like, there's sessions I have where I'm like, wow, that was pathetic. Like, <laughs> I feel like I am a beginner still. Um, <sighs> so, yeah. but I thought that was really interesting. And it was before Tim Ferris was even, like, Tim Ferris. Right. Um, my, My Duke is Bill Delaney. Oh! Producer-director of yeah. Free Ride Passed away on February 11th um, he was at the young. age of 72. Oh,
1: 72. That's still pretty damn young. It is, yeah. Um, I watched a great Matt Warshaw encyclop- Encyclopedia of Surfing video. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. The Ira Opera interview with Bill Delaney. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Like seven minutes long.
0: Yep. And by the way, Warshaw sends out a Sunday joint every Sunday, yeah. a newsletter. If you're on, subscribe to the Encyclopedia of Surfing eos.surf it's three bucks a month to have access to all of that information and he does a great job i like that sunday night thing it's just a little taste of like oh i haven't checked in for a while on the encyclopedia oh here's a little reminder of what's going on by the way if you haven't subscribed to the encyclopedia surfing you're stupid and you're actually hindering our sport you're
1: blowing it like it's so good the encyclopedia the amount of content that matt has is incredible
0: first of all I do all the my research. Of, the <laughs> amount of tedious work involved for Matt, yeah. nobody else would step up and do it. Yeah. Like he's, he is just to put together those, it. those video, like the stuff he, I think
1: yeah. he all week long, he works all week he long does. to put out that Sunday newsletter.
0: He works more than 40 hours a week on the encyclopedia of surfing. Yeah. Well, at any rate, Bill Delaney, um, director, producer of free ride, Sean Thompson said the film captured tube riding so the audience could really experience it for the first time. In other films, the camera was more of an observer. In Freeride, the slow motion water photography put you inside the tube. He additionally said Bill looked at surfing from a different viewpoint. Uh, He wanted to capture the spirit of friendship, of challenge, travel, courage, and youthful dreams, not just what was going on during that period right before the Before the whole pro scene got started, so uh, shout out Duke, Bill Delaney. That's a good one. You got a kook? No, I don't. I don't like talking
1: shit about people. I do. I don't like just randomly calling
0: out people as kooks because it's just—it's not random. It's people who are kooks. <laughs> right, that's a good point. Oh, then I do I have quite a few. <laughs> well, by the way, you invented the Duke and Kook
1: concept. I know, but so I'm, you, I'm modifying it. It doesn't fit my spiritual program to just You've be outgrown a, the kook concept. I kind of have. Can I mean, I, I fall back into it sometimes, which makes me the kook.
0: Can I keep... Yes. ...playing kook, yeah, Duke you, and kook? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, uh, proper kook. This was like a week ago. I read this story. I think Michael Ciamarella on STAB posted it. Um, yesterday on the Gold Coast, a visiting American disappeared before or during a morning swim at Palm Beach, frantic. His friends called the lifeguards to help locate their lost friend. When they called the Coast Guard, I'm sorry, the police, the lifeguards then called the Coast Guard and the police who sent boats and helicopters out into the lineup, into the ocean to look for this kid. That's when, about an hour later, they got a call about a man passed out in a phone booth. Police went and roused the man and discovered that he was the one who had gone missing in the water. Um, this guy apparently went out for a surf, or went out for a swim, came back in without his friends knowing he had had a considerable amount of alcohol the night before, so he went found a phone booth. I don't know why he picked a phone booth, but passed out in the phone booth, and uh, they called the rescue mission off. I'm
1: blown away they still have phone booths in Australia, number one. Great point. Number two, 99.9% of the stories we see on the news are alcohol and drug related, and they never even mention it. Like, anything that happens that goes wrong that's bad is generally alcohol and drug related. And oftentimes, the news won't even bring it up. So I'm glad that they mentioned that this was alcohol related.
0: Good. I am glad, too. I think alcohol... Number- is a much bigger problem than the drugs even. It's yeah, the I mean hugest. like it's it depends on what the drugs are. Like meth obviously is yeah. problematic and but it's like alcohol I feel like gets a free pass a lot of the times. Totally I mean we knows. were listening talking about that Sam Harris episode on Joe Rogan, Sam was kind of criticizing Joe's interview with Elon Musk and talking about oh you guys smoked a blunt on the air and Joe goes we were drunk at that point. Nobody criticized the fact that we were drinking whiskey prior to that. They only criticized the blunt. Yeah, And I think Joe makes a salient point in that alcohol does so much more damage to your body than that blunt will. Absolutely. Not to mention the blunt or the marijuana has known medical, medicinal benefits, which could be argued scott's rolling his eyes yeah, I'm, not, want me to... I'm not no i don't look and I i'm agree. not advocating for it i'm saying it's science you know what i mean yeah i mean so alcohol, does that bush right there
1: i mean everything doesn't yeah all these plants have some form of medical whereas medicinal... alcohol
0: on the other hand has zero added benefit
1: only well, detrimental medicinally if you all you have is whiskey and you need to like clean a wound or something you can pour whiskey in it and it'll, the alcohol will clean
0: that son of a bitch. It's a good point.
1: So everything has medicinal qualities. That's why I rolled my eyes. It's you like just they're...
0: endorsed my whiskey intake. Now I... it's okay for me. You know what I mean? Like, I mean,
1: everything, you know, oxygen's got medicinal qualities. You know what I mean? Like, everything,
0: bad quality,
1: everything's got medicinal qualities.
0: Yeah. I don't understand your point.
1: My point is, is that, by the way, I'm pro-medicinal quality marijuana. CBD, non-psychoactive marijuana. I get it. I don't know... What I'm against or what maybe I'm naive or ignorant about is the concept of, hey, I'm going to smoke some weed. I'm going to put some smoke into my lungs because it's going to help me medicinally. Well, newsflash, anytime <laughs> you put smoke in your lungs, it's bad for you. Yeah. Never, ever good. So, you know, if you want to like edibles, eat some edibles or whatever and get high, fine, more power to you. But it's, you know, being out of touch with reality is generally not good for you. Yeah. If you're going to do that, go the whole way. Drop some acid. Go to the desert. Really? Yeah, I mean, do it right. Wow. If you're gonna get spiritual. Let's go. Wow. Otherwise,
0: okay. just deal with reality. Huh? Yeah. Okay. I didn't see this. By the way, I didn't kids. see this going that <laughs> don't, way. Don't, don't do this. I really thought that you were going the opposite direction, <laughs> no. but okay, just, I will take you up on that. Yeah, you. Joshua should. Tree. Here I come. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God. I'm gonna find you in a phone booth. <laughs>
0: I'll find the one <laughs> remaining phone booth. If one exists, it is in Joshua Tree. By Just the way, bring one with you, and you have no cell reception. If outside.
1: you're eating acid out there, you'll find a phone
0: booth. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> only I you wonder, will. Know, only you will know it exists. Can you envision a least a less comfortable way to sleep? A phone booth is like three feet by three feet. I mean, there,
1: there's well, no. Dude,
0: when you're hammered drunk, you don't, you don't care. That's a good point. This is my phone booth. Actually, we're in my phone booth right now. People are coming what's up? to house. us. Barry Hahn? Barry. What's happening? Are you
1: guys, uh, in your mobile studio? Barry Hahn we get, here we from, get from in the Surfing role, Heritage and Culture and we Center. Can't push the pause The curator, button. he's peeking into the car. He's wondering what's going on.
0: Thanks for hosting us, though.
1: I'm gonna be in there in a minute. Use Don't bl- lot
0: 24/7? We're Believe gonna come me. use your restroom too. Okay. All right. All right, Scott. So um, oh, I need to podcast. say this.
1: You brought up. up Brad Gerlock. So I've had, I got a backlog of pretty good in, well, we're not sure if they're good podcasts or not, to be honest with you. One's with Xanadu. Perfect. Which is kind of gnarly. Xanadu just, like I, I'm going to tell listeners now, I probably should have reined him in. Like as soon as I asked the first question, he was off and running. Oh, wow. And it was kind of hard to control him.
0: But is it entertaining?
1: I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. You guys need to determine that. Okay. It's long. It's the longest one I've ever done. Huh. Two hours
0: long. Okay. And it's just Xanadu just going off. like, And then... Because Gur told me like six months ago, like, dude, you got to interview Xanadu. You got to... And I was like, it's I not know if I'm equipped for that.
1: It's opinionated. Yeah. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah. And it, so it could be great from a podcast standpoint. Like, it could stir the pot pretty good. Okay. Then I did one with Steve Braum, who made the Dino's... Was a shaper for Dino and David Nueva and stuff back in the day. And that was really good. And then I did one with Clyde Beatty Jr. With anybody that knows anything about surf history knows Clyde Beatty Jr. was a big part of surfboard building, uh, the surfboard building industry here in California. So I'm excited about those ones coming up soon.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Every other Monday. More or less. More.
1: Depending on when you're in Australia or not. (laughs)
0: They have internet there um oh good no monday is monday. your next scheduled
1: yeah the next one's monday yeah, yeah it'll be with xanadu
0: yeah perfect awesome um so thanks again Needessentials.com, spyoptic.com promo code podcast scott any boardroom show updates
1: wow we're gonna have an evening friday evening before the board show at the delmar plaza live with music th- three slideshows with steve sherman don balch and um shack here the surfing heritage and culture centers follow the light foundation
0: which they're reigniting yeah which is part of no the Larry pun. Morf
1: and his Larry's ex um, not uh, widow is doing the follow so we're gonna have three slideshows this evening at the Dummer Plaza overlooking 15th Street overlooking the ocean it's beautiful and two short video clips movie clips one Dana Brown's new movie based based generally on the Dana Point Mafia and Spoons, a Santa Barbara Story, they're going to do a 10 minute clip too, which is going to have a lot of Wayne Lynch in it. And so, um, and then the shapers for the Wayne Lynch Shape Off um, right now they are Ryan Birch, Daniel Thompson, Shima Buttonshaw, Travis Reynolds, John Opito from New Jersey, Jordan Brazy from Virginia Beach, and Sam Hawk. Amazing. And we we got one more spot that we're filling.
0: John O'Pito's label is Rosburn. Yes. And
1: uh, Jordan Shapes Jordan's for Wave Riding WRV. Vehicles yeah. and his own label as well.
0: Yep. Awesome. Sounds like yep. an awesome event. And that is May.
1: And we've got some insane seminars lined up this year too. Really wow. good seminars. One with Ian Walsh about big wave surfing and big wave treachery. Uh, one with the Dana Point Mafia guys, Dana Brown and his film, those people. One called Shaping an Industry with Bing Copeland, Peter and some other people. Um, one with um, the West Coast Board Riders Clubs, which are really starting to take off. With Darren Brillhart yeah. and Don Meek and Chris Morrow. Some of those guys. So that West Coast Board Riders Club is going to be cool, right? It's just a bunch of regional competitions. Yep. And some other cool ones. Well, of course, a QA and a with Wayne Lynch. So we've got some really great seminars and panels and Q&As lined up for the boardroom this year.
0: What's the dates?
1: May 4th and 5th, the Delmar, At the Delmar Fairgrounds. Fairgrounds. Yeah,
0: boardroomshow.com. I get out here. Whoever's not in Southern California, get out here for the biggest surfboard industry trade show.
1: Yeah, it should be good. Everybody and hopefully we can get one Kidman one. out here with some of his edge boards. I know Andrini would be stoked to wrap
0: up. That I mean, that whole, yeah. yeah. I, we'll see. He's a low-key dude, but yeah. if he could make it, that'd be insane. Exactly. All right, spitpodcast.com, Scott. Until
1: next. What about the spit Instagram? What? Spit
0: Instagram? <laughs> Does that even exist? <laughs> yeah,
1: at spitpodcast. Ah, funny.
0: Yeah. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you can get a hold of at boardroom. At boardroom show is the Instagram for, for me and the boardroom podcast.
0: Awesome. Mine's at surf splendor. Until next time, Scott.
1: Adios and aloha.
0: Like sick from.